0: Hey, this is Phil from Poor Brothers, and you're listening to Pints and Provisions Podcast. here we are back at Poor Brothers, the Pints and Provisions podcast. This is Evan. I have Ryan standing across from me, sitting across from me. Hey, Evan. How's it going? Good. We're just doing a uh, a duo job today. Um, Mark and Dan are unavailable. We always uh, miss the fact that we don't get to have them here. But, you know, I think we've got some fun things to talk about today. So as we we usually start off with, we're going to do best beers of the week or beers of the week. So... I guess I'm going to go first. This will be this will be um part of what we did at the Mark and Brian Meat Fest this last weekend. We did share uh, a number of good beers, but we probably you'll probably hear about that beer before you hear this podcast, but I had the Raspberry Beer to Pays by Side Project. Um I think their Beer to Pays is like they're just kind of running pretty standard saison. Uh, farmhouse ale, and then they have fruited some of those. Uh, I've had the non fruited one, which is fantastic. Super crushable, quaffable kind of Saison to have on a great hot day. But uh, I think the raspberry probably has been one of the better ones, at least of the fruited ones that they've had. Uh, had great uh, color to it, great raspberry flavor, and that tart Saison farmhouse ale that you would expect from Side Project. But it wasn't so tart that, like, you know, my wife or somebody else wouldn't have been turned off by having that beer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love how they make, uh, their, you know, quote unquote Saison's that are, that typically seem to kind of be flirting between the line of Saison and sour. Yeah. Um, so they're a little bit more tart than your typical Saison, but they're not too farmhouse style-y, um, that barn barnyard hay type of flavors going on. It's just a really nice blend kind of between yeah. the two styles. And then and then when they add fruit to it, it typically knocks it out of the park.
0: Yeah, it's not like a total kind of lambic, which really just completely dries your mouth out and completely tastes like you're drinking a uh, a, uh, a horse barn uh, kind of feel. And right. they, they really nail um, kind of that, that middle ground. So, Ryan, how about you?
1: Well, uh, I think we'll probably talk about it a little bit later, but... Uh I was in Boston last week and so uh, got to uh, enjoy some really, really good uh, East Coast beers. Um, definitely uh, the Treehouse ones that we hit up uh, were, were pretty darn good, but actually I'm going to stick with a sour type uh, similar to you and yep. uh, from Trillium. Uh, they just came out with Apricot Soak. Oh, nice. So I think we've had a couple of their Soak series before. Um, they had Black Current and Apricot Soak um, both in. Um, Oh, I yeah. think 330 milliliter bottles, so they're kind of like those smaller ones. They're they're small. Um, I don't even know. Typically, it's 375 is 12.9 ounces, so I don't yeah. know. That's probably 11 and a half ounces or something. So they're. I've never seen a bottle that small. 330. Like 330.
0: Yeah. Those are kind of like those uh, German. Um, it's like a little bit more than a pint or something. Yeah.
1: So um, I mean, it was. I mean, we've had the Soak series before, like I said, yeah. and, and they do a, an incredible job with it. Um, it's amazing they didn't have people lining up for that or anything I think it had been there for a couple days it was four per person so um, we got quite a few of those and it was a great beer to split between two people and have a nice you know five six ounce pour of that yep. the fruit was off off the charts popping um, just great stone fruit flavors um, not super tart uh, pretty mild on that end um, so out of all the amazing IPAs we also had from both breweries Trillium yep. and Treehouse um, I still think that was my favorite and and actually, there was a lot of people that we were with um, that weren't typically sour drinkers, um, and were blown away by both of the soaks. I mean, everyone yeah. was just like, "This is, you know, your typical this is beer type questions and what do they yeah. do, how do they make this, and what's going on with this." But everyone was pretty excited about it. I so. think
0: people generally overlook Trillium as a sour uh, beer maker. And they focus a lot on the hazy IPAs because that's what's probably paying for uh, everything else and to keep the lights on. Definitely. So yep. um, don't overlook them. if. You, nice. Do, if, you, if you head out to Boston, I think that's a pretty easy place to hit up uh, on Congress Street, correct? Right. Which yep. is one of their famous sort of like go-to IPAs. Yep. I had the double dry hop Congress Street this week, which was one of my favorite DDH, you know, um, hazy IPAs was the double dry it's hop fantastic. Congress. fantastic, so, yeah. they yeah. they.
1: R- Fresh run out of that when um, we were there, but ah. they did have the double dry hopped or uh, Galaxy dry hopped uh, Fort Point, a um, couple different uh, variants of uh, Sleeper Street Nelson dry hopped Fort Point. Yep, um, pretty good combination and uh, a lot of uh, cans per person for each of those two, so it was nice. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the brewery itself is probably 10 minutes from the airport, so it's pretty convenient to hit up if you're anywhere in the Boston area, just on your way. Yeah. Out. Um, anywhere basically north south or or west from the airport so
0: yeah that's awesome i think um uh, we wanted to just kind of talk about one thing we're sipping on and i appreciate ryan for bringing and sharing this back uh we put a picture up before but this was the curiosity 50 Uh, their curiosity series is kind of their experimental um ipa hazy ipa series where they probably just play around with different yeasts malts and hops combination and um this is just easy drinking, good drinking. Um, it is 6.6%, so, you know, it, it, it's probably a little bit more doable than having a couple double IPAs. So. Oh, for
1: sure. Great. A lot of times we see that, you know, 8, 8.2, 8.5. That's scary 5, sometimes. <laughs> more than one of those adds up really quick.
0: Well, you can't go to, like, a pool party with a six-pack of 8.2% uh, <laughs> no. double IPAs and not expect to maybe have trouble swimming. Right, exactly. So... Um, we also you also kind of cracked and sipped it on the uh, 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 alter ego.
1: Alter ego. Alter,
0: alter ego. Um, it is there, and usually what they do with these is they either more dry hop it or kettle hop it. Probably something. They're yeah. alter, alter ego, and it's an American IPA, six point eight percent. So I'd be interested to see how much different this tastes than the fifty. What do you think?
1: terrific. I mean, both both are really good. Um, it's it's definitely. Uh, got a little bit of a different hop bill going on, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's,
0: And they don't really talk about too much what hops are in some of these. I think it does no. say on Julius, which is a lot I of think, citrus. on Citrus.
1: Yep. But then Alter Ego is the Alter Ego of Julius. And they don't, I think, really they describe really much say. of that, what the changes from Julius. And then But when Green, go, isn't
0: Green a lot of. Um, I, don't, I guess I'm just. Or galaxy. maybe, hey, green galaxy. is a lot of galaxy. Green yeah. is a lot of galaxy, yeah. maybe. Um, we're, we're big fans of galaxy. Yeah, so absolutely. That's always why that tastes good. Um, anything else before we kind of hit up our, I think, our, one of our topics today? Which well, is
1: I was just going to mention just how um, amazing uh, the, uh, I guess, the service at, at both Trillium and Treehouse were, um, going to both of those venues. Um we went to the, the, like you said, the 4.1 uh, for Trillium, so we were unable to make the Canton location, and then they also have, they just opened like a beer garden in the financial district area of uh, oh, beautiful. of Boston. Um, so uh, unfortunately, that we, we were unable to make both of those, so we weren't actually able to drink Trillium um, on site. Okay. So it was a, a nice little spot um, to pick up cans and bottles and then leave, um, we had a nice double dry hopped Point on draft at row 34 next door to That's supposed the Trillium, to be a pretty good point. place for food, right? Great place for food. We had uh, lo- lobster tacos and some oysters. Oh, yeah. um, and of course the clam chowder.
0: Lobster tacos.
1: <laughs> yeah, lobster tacos and clam chowder. Um, and then Trillium's just got a beautiful place right up on top of basically top of a hill. Yep. Intermixed with a forest. I think they've got some walking trails out there. Um, the that people, That's awesome, you know, kind of spend a little bit more time there on the weekends. Um, They had a pretty busy day uh, because they had Alter Ego or Alter Ego on, uh, Julius, uh, Curiosity50. They had a new single shot series that came out, and that's what she said. So they had a pretty good lineup that day, uh, last Thursday. So um, so that said, we weren't able to have any drafts there either, Um, but the, the service, it was... You know, they had eight or nine people serving cans, so I mean, it was probably a line of 100 to 150 people when we got there pretty soon after they opened, and we were maybe in line for 30 minutes. I mean, it was really, really quick, and it is amazing how they're probably just printing money there because they got people lining up uh, nonstop and just cars moving in and out. I mean, it's a it's a pretty good process, but busy all day long.
0: Yeah, and it behooves them to have that as efficient as possible. Because- Absolutely. You know a brewery that sells direct to consumers is just printing cash in hand I mean that is such a great plan for them never to distribute always have people make it a destination to go and of course they're gonna they're gonna put a lot of time and effort into making sure that that process is quick
1: right so. yeah there's there's breweries that uh, would probably take you know three four times as long to serve that many customers um, in that amount of time and for people to be be able to go and you know, line up for a half hour uh, and leave with two cases, essentially. I think yeah. it was a four, the max you could get was 46 cans. So Jeez. if you got everything on the list, um, it was yeah. uh, 46 cans. So wow. if you can do that and, and leave with 46 cans, it's a pretty darn good day.
0: Did you do that for your ba- the bachelor party? Did you all leave with, like, 46 so we cans? we had
1: four of us, and one guy um, didn't think he was going to drink as many as uh, – or. He wasn't as familiar with Treehouse as uh, as we were, so he was a little hesitant. So I think he got about twenty, and the other three of us got forty six. Yeah, yeah. And nice. needless to say, the rest of the group uh, went through most of what we Gosh, we uh, purchased amazing. pretty pretty quickly on the trip. So and
0: fresh is probably incredible. Is it yeah. Yeah. is it that much better?
1: It's hard to say. Um, you know, most of the times that I've had it, it's usually shipped uh, within yeah. you know a couple of days. So right. I wouldn't say it's anything. You know any no- super noticeable difference, but it was it was just nice. It's, to, it's nice. It's nice to see the the date on the can as the date that like you're drinking that you're beer. Drinking it. Yeah, it's a pretty good feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, another one of the, the things we wanted to get into is just kind of answering listener uh, questions. Um, at least on our Instagram page, we had drinking with Paul. You can check him out at drinking with Paul. He uh, his specific question was a little bit about meteries. He said with meteries like Meridian Hive. Moving mead from world of bottles to cans, does this also shift mead from the honey wine category to the craft beer category? I kind of think that already has. I mean, you'll see a lot so of too. Ca- craft beer drinkers head for a sort of craft mead. Um, and how much the greater drinking culture perception is based on appearance as opposed to methodology? I assume he's talking about um, packaging. Um, well, I think to his first question, I think we. We kind of, the simple answer is probably yeah. I think that the mead category is definitely um, something that's, that's interesting and sought after by craft beer drinkers. I mean, we have, had, we have had good meads by Scrams um, and uh, a Superstition. Superstition out of Scottsdale out or Phoenix sc- or something. Yeah, out like of that. Arizona. And, you know, whether or not you like really sweet uh, liquors, I mean, that basically, it's like a wine that's just super sweet. Right. But the fun things that they do is they use tons of different fruits, tons of different flavors, like that PB and J, uh, peanut butter and jelly yeah, crime, I, or something. The superstition. That was a superstition, right? the superstition. Oh, yeah, the superstition. I was, mean, it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly it sandwich.
1: Did. Yeah. It was a blueberry mead with uh, basically with peanuts, peanuts mashed into it. So yeah. perfect and, combination. And I
0: think what you see with craft beer drinkers is they kind of g- are now going for, you know, pushing the limits of styles and pushing the limits of flavors that naturally with meadries do these things. They're going to gravitate towards that too.
1: Yeah, the whole adjunct theory behind a lot of uh, what we're seeing with stouts and yeah, and uh, different styles of beer is definitely going into. Uh, I mean, it's it's even kind of filtered into like bourbons and stuff I've yeah, seen, I would but say um, so. you know, definitely meads. Um, I don't know about wine yet, but it's it's really kind of crossing the spectrum all over. Uh, and the you know the meads that that I've I've had have definitely been knocked out of the park from. The flavor combinations and how well balanced they are, and things like that. Yeah. And and when we talk about like how it's basically a part of the craft beer industry, I mean, I just think of like Dark Lord Day. Um, Right. There was you know plenty of meads plenty of meads going around being passed around. I mean, that's almost like a perfect day for that because you open one of those bottles and you only really can. I mean, it's it's hard to Uh, to drink more than you know more than enough.
0: And and that's not just considering sharing with people. That's like if I was at home, I might have an ounce of it at all. Right. And so, uh, to be able to crack that, have an ounce and
1: pass it to, you know, 10 other people is at an event like that is, is much easier than, you know, having to open it with your spouse or friends, yeah. you know, at home and have to figure out a way to, to get through because most of those are, uh, 750 milliliters. So you yes. got to figure out a way to get through 26 ounces basically. Um, I think in about two days, cause yeah. what we've been told is, um, it's usually good for a, a second day after you open one of those things. Um, but after that, then it's like, you know, it's it's wasted. It's not like yeah. a bourbon where it lasts a long time. So. And I think
0: meat is one of those categories that pretty, it doesn't really have, I mean, it has its following, but like if you consider the connoisseur wine drinker, connoisseur wine collector, uh, the craft beer collector and connoisseur, and really the craft bourbon and consumer and collector kind of have their own little worlds. And it's a little bit of a Venn diagram where they all overlap, like, You really like wine and bourbon. I really like bourbon especially. So mead sort of is this other little circle out there in the Venn diagram that hasn't really found its uh, overlap, but I think it probably overlaps most with craft beer drinkers. I think wine drinkers will probably find it's too sweet and they don't like honey wines and stuff like that. But It is...
1: I've always... you know, I don't know a ton about it, obviously, but uh, it's always been something that's just kind of been intriguing because yes. it's, it's really the ones I've had have been super flavorful, really enjoyable. But it is hard to drink more than a couple ounces, um, and just trying to figure out where it does fit on that spectrum of uh, your craft beer and and really um, artisan type of uh, yeah. you know drinks, uh, where yeah. that actually fits. But I guess to go back to the question, I mean, I think uh, if it's in cans or bottles or whatever, I think. Um, I don't think that that'll change how they get served and nope. and how people will buy them or anything. Uh, a can will probably help reduce the uh, the actually amount of volume yeah. that you uh, that you see in in a in a bottle that gets sold for sale. Uh, we've seen that with like Bottle Logic, uh, kind of started the shift down from. 750, 750 milliliters yeah. down to that 16.9 Top-line ounces. Toppling has done
0: that with uh, Morning Delight.
1: Yep, Toppling went lower, um, and then Brewery actually just started going to, I think, 375 milliliter bottles because they got a lot of feedback from their customers that wanna, people don't, it's so hard to drink something at high ABV
0: at that, uh, volume. At that,
1: at that sti- uh, amount of ounces. Like
0: you don't want to pop a, a 20, 22 ounce, you know, 15% stout by yourself. Right. And I don't want to do that. I mean, I love those beers, but I'm not going to do that. And it's great to see that they're listening to consumers and considering the fact that, you know, hey, a 12-ounce bottle of something like that might be pretty good.
1: Right. I mean, like the the old Bourbon Counties and the 12-ounce bottle, I mean, one of those you can crack... Let it warm up and, and drink that over a couple hours. but if they were to start making those I mean they, they I guess they did make them in bombers for a couple of years but yeah if they were start to, starting to do that again, I mean you couldn't you can could never crack one of those on your own.
0: Exactly. Phil's wondering if he could do his little uh, pour yet. If you were looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Pacific Beer Chat brings together a collective of West Coast beer bloggers sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted groups. We hope you will check out the podcast at
1: PacificBeerChat.com and at Pacific Beer Chat on social media and podcast apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Music is by Conundrum. Welcome to Sweet Beer Chat.
0: Sure, we can still drink a blind. We we may not be blinded to no, the just, color of it. we will have to, yeah, yeah. We'll close our eyes, but I think yeah, packaging too. Like if you think about, I mean, there's there's physical reasons why you want to package the way you do in beer, in terms of cans, lower dissolved oxygen, lower um, um, exposure to light. Right. I heard an interview recently on Beer Massive. It's a podcast I started listening to. Uh, and he's just talking to John Kimick Kimick John Kimick at, at the in, alchemist. In the, yeah at the Alchemist and he really went towards cans because of a uh, an experience he had with his kids in a, in a bottle not that they the you know anyone was hurt but he, he saw the potential risk that a broken bottle and, and heaven forbid that would be an alchemist bottle of something and you know you kind of move to the safety and the portability of cans yep um, but I think need is going to be no different in terms of that especially if it's gonna keep really well in a can too
1: yeah and i just i remember um ooh, no, there it is that looks good
0: well you yeah now we, we know the color we looked at it but it'll be fun to just dissect the definitely the, the flavor and taste a little bit yeah
1: um thanks phil thank you phil <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh,
1: so what i was saying is um I remember when, you know, it was probably around the time when maybe I first had uh, some of the Alchemist beers. Uh, maybe when uh, Trillium even started with 750 milliliter bombers, way back when they first got going. Yeah, so I, I remember I don't, know. Those. I don't know if it was two years ago, three years ago, but when they really, uh, the cans really started kicking, and I was very hesitant at first because you're so used to drinking out of a, a glass bottle, and it's just like, are you going to taste the metal and the from the aluminum in the can? And a yeah. lot, a lot of, lot of skepticism and then i just I just remember the first few times that i I poured a really good beer from a can out of it might have even been a trillium where yep. I, I remember what it tasted like out of a bottle and then I poured one uh, from a can into a glass there's absolutely no difference whatsoever yeah um, no and so uh, there's no reason to be hesitant on it whether it 's meat or whether it's uh, yeah. you know wine i've even heard is out of a can some, there's some Craft craft wineries that are starting to go to cans. It's like, so it's, it's like
0: that episode of "It's Always Sunny" where they <laughs> fill up those cans full of Coke with wine, red wine. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that it, it probably is going to be, and it, they're probably easier to recycle. Absolutely uh, than glass. Um, but you don't see any breakdown in the product, and I think on the if you kind of go the other extreme with the perception of the sticker can, is that. Even the bigger breweries, even the bigger craft breweries, you know, Stone, uh, Sam Adams have started to package hazy IPAs and sticker cans to cater to that crowd that waits in line for sticker cans. So that's just kind of an interesting thing about the packaging, too.
1: And you said um, really quick when we started this, you said uh, it's less of a chance of oxidation. Is that the the seal on that top of the aluminum can is better than a...
0: They can get a better a or lower amount of dissolved oxygen, which, of course, will kind of age and ruin a beer a little bit quicker. So that's, a, that's another good okay. reason why cans are...
1: Because I always wondered that, how a can, like on a, you know, aging a, a barrel-aged stout that's in a can, yeah. does that have more risk of oxidation than a bottle? But I guess, yeah. I guess it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I think it's okay. So thank you for the question. Um, let's kind of go to this semi-blind tasting Unfortunately, we can see it. It has kind of a more deeper uh, red hue. It's still pretty tough. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I feel like I get a little tartness to the smell of it.
1: I thought that with the smell, I get very little on the taste.
0: I, I Honestly, I don't get a ton on the smell. and Maybe it's too cold. Maybe it's a little cold.
1: Maybe we go to the next question while this warms up and we... Uh, drink this a little bit more and try to figure out what it is.
0: Yeah, and I'll, you know, speaking to that, I'll pull out our next beer, which we'll get to in a minute, which is has been one of my, like, um, whales I have been chasing for a long time. Um, so we finally have the cute little kitten just sitting there and looking at me. Moby He's Dick. Moby Dick. The white whale. Yeah, Ahab here.
1: Has, um, Captain Ahab has, uh, has slayed the whale.
0: Well, there's definitely not any, I don't get any tartness. Run the taste none it's it's got a lot of malty kind of kind of soft malt it's really soft like you know you kind of get that impression from you know oats and wheat uh, maybe it's like a um, caramel you know it could be you know you can kind of sit it, wheat may be part of the the the, the bill here the thing is, we're still sort of blind because we do have no idea what what Phil poured for us, and we have no idea what they have on tap at the Craft Wall. It's
1: yeah, it's fairly thin. It's pretty pretty well carbonated. Yeah, um, it's like a reddish brown. Or it
0: almost looks like an oud brune. It does.
1: If if it had a little bit of tartness, I think that would be my guess. But it just it doesn't have the doesn't like, have the tartness. Red so I'm trying to oud sit brune. here and think what <laughs> what are the different types of beers out there that this could be.
0: Poor Brothers is. Um, kind of picking up here. It's a Friday afternoon, late afternoon. Probably hear um, some
1: noise in the background. Yeah, but this is always a great spot to to come on the weekends for sure. Yeah, we they've I, got a really nice bourbon uh, bourbon sample or not sample, but bourbon offering here bourbon too offering. on top of their uh, their wall of uh, I think it's is it thirty exactly craft beers?
0: Oh, on the wall it's sixteen. Oh, I thought I they count sixteen.
1: Okay. I don't know and what I'm looking and I from. can't
0: see the names, but I'm counting 16. Is it they're they're going to be opening up their champagne location at some point? They're going to have, you know, I'm pour by, them
1: on Twitter. I'm keeping a close eye on yeah, that.
0: Yeah, pour by the ounce wine. Um, it'll be a really neat location. Hopefully, you know, we're gonna Mark and I are headed over there for the uh, Avet Brothers concert in uh, September. Hopefully, we'll stop by there too.
1: Is that it? Uh, the State Farm Center?
0: Good question. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't in charge of tickets. I just okay. said, someone said, the Avett Brothers are playing, and I said, I'm going.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a really smooth beer. I really like the mouthfeel. Um, I, I don't get tartness. I don't get sour. I get kind of a, I mean, a little bit of a funk, but not a ton. I find it's a, I don't get a lot of fruit flavor. I feel like this is primarily all from malt. Phil's coming over to wonder what we're talking about. I know. So <laughs> what I what I, what I I really want to call this in terms of appearance is like an Oud Bruin or a Flanders, but it, it just doesn't have the tartness or um, the funk to it that I think an, a, a, an Oud Bruin or a Flanders would have. But it's got a lot of malt. I don't get a lot of fruit. It's got a good mouthfeel. I think this would be... Okay. I feel like it could be like an imperial, like a like a rye, maybe like a... Well, I was
1: going to say, is it um, like a rye wine or, because you're getting a lot of that wheat, and I'm kind of yeah. getting a little bit of that the more you talk about it, or some kind of like a light end of that barley wine type of style. Because yeah. I, I just, I can't call it a brown ale and I can't call it nude broom. It's no. just, it's definitely not a, well, I guess I can't say definitely since I'm no. always so far off on this, but... It's 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 not a nude burn. No, there's just there's zero think, tart.
0: No, and and it's not. I don't think it's. I don't get fruit, so I wouldn't suspect that it's fruited in any way. I don't. I don't suspect that there's probably adjuncts. I don't suspect that there's probably barrel. Um, I wonder if it's a lager rather than an ale, because it has a lot of um, kind of oily quality. Um, you know, it kind of it feels a little greasy, but the, again, that could be from the wheat. It could be that full mouth feel that I get. The other thing is they have such a,
1: like, crazy variety. I mean, they almost have every type of style on draft here almost at all times. I know. So it's so hard to even think about what the possibilities are.
0: Yeah. So, you ready? I guess, yeah. What do we got? Uh, it's called Out of the Lunchbox. Out of the Lunchbox. From the brewery. From the brewery.
1: BR, from B-R-U-E-R-Y? Oh, um, out California. of the lunchbox. Okay. So it is a uh, peanut butter and jelly
0: yeah. All right. Red ale. It's a red, red ale. ale. Lactose. Okay, that's probably the mouth mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, peanut butter or peanut
1: flour, boysenberries. Peanut flour and boysenberries. I could probably get... Maybe a little hint berry, of that. The you berry. Oh, definitely get some earthiness, and yeah. Um, and then a little tartness
0: on it, which would be the I bet that, that peanut flour, is, it, the peanut flour you know, is probably what really dries your mouth, mouth out at the end of that. Yeah. I don't get a heavy amount of um, berry. No, it's not. I, think I, it's, mean, I would say this beer and, and as a whole is not super in your face. Sure. You know, a lot of peanut butter beers, you get, they use that, uh, that dry you know, the peanut yeah. butter powder and it comes through super peanut buttery. Yep. It's very light on it and berry too. Mm-hmm. Um, All right.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. It's interesting. Well do done. You, Phil, do you like this?
0: It's not bad. It, it's, it doesn't knock my socks off. It was kind of one of those interesting beers you're like, okay, let's get that and see how it is. All right. So thanks Phil. That was fun. Um, again I don't I don't get all those all, all those flavors, so um, that's okay. Yeah. You know, but it just shows that you can either really blend that well and get that get that nailed or, or you don't.
1: And it was seven point three percent, which I, I would have guessed it was lower. I would've, I would've guessed, guessed it was in like the like five. Yeah, high fives, maybe six, but not yeah. much higher than that.
0: Yeah. Um, we just popped the, uh, the, my, my white whale or my whale that I've been getting after. Oh baby. All right. So we'll just describe it before we drink it.
1: I it, also like that you use the, uh, DAG's bottle opener. The
0: DAG's bottle opener. You Always see the, a
1: quality item to use.
0: The, uh, I saw some, uh, some of the, some of the patrons here that were playing the DAG's game over there here earlier. So this is a Farmstead Ale in Oak Barrels. It, it, they mindfully blended barrels of Anne, Art, and Flora that had been aged for 12 to 22 months. Um, that's, that's, it's an effervescent, refined reflection of both our melancholy for her departure, but mostly our joy in traveling with her for a while.
1: So are they blending the beer that has already been barrel-aged Blending that and then barrel-aging it again? Uh, Blending that and just letting it carbonate again and bottling? It's it's probably a little bit hard to tell. I
0: mean, at least the barrel uh, blended barrels of Anne Flora that had been aged in in barrels. So these were, it's like a blend of barrel-aged beers. So this is by Hill Farmstead, and this is Clover. It's quite nice. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think, uh, yeah, Phil Phil had a little bore. He goes, yeah, that's legit. Yeah. That's legit.
1: And I've had all three of these separately. Um, I think it'd be hard to rank Anne versus Flora. Um, I think those would probably be my favorite two of uh, of those three. I love Flora. Flora seems yeah. like they make a lot more of that. Yeah. Uh, which so it's a little bit easier to get but i've really enjoyed that one uh the couple times i've had it uh i had and once on mm-hmm. my wedding day that's right i think I that's you right probably remember that and then uh did you dome that
0: no it was
1: split <laughs> uh i think as the groom i was able to probably get a pretty hefty pour from everybody but we split it between about six or seven guys oh. so uh there's a few non-groomsmen that knew we were cracking it there were craft beer guys that uh we're welcome, <laughs> welcome to the the room with the groomsmen to uh, yeah. to enjoy that with us. So, uh, gosh, this is beautiful, Hayden and Brett. I hope you guys are listening and uh, and, and enjoyed that as much as I did because it was a, a great time. This, oh, is, this is nice. This
0: is beautiful. Wow, it has so much like floral quality. Um, it's not very tart. It's not very bitter. It's not very sour.
1: And they call these saisons, barrel-aged saisons, basic, basically. Yeah. I don't know if... I, I think Flora's aged in wine barrels. I don't know if they actually call out. And I think they're, they, they yeah. probably all are wine barrels. But, the, yes. I mean, the, the Hill Farmstead barreling process is incredible. It really... Mellows out a lot of the flavors that may come.
0: It's so soft. Typically
1: overpowering and then balances out so well.
0: It kind of hits you with a touch of tartness on the front end. And then it fades on the back end. Just like kind of fades into this smooth, almost candied sweetness. I mean, it's kind of sweet, but it's not sugary sweet.
1: Yeah, it's not sugary sweet. I was going to say it's not too sweet.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty good.
1: I mean, it's uh, yeah.
0: That's it's cool. not
1: super complex, I would say.
0: I think it's at least. You know,
1: I mean, it's it's fairly cold now, but uh, you can definitely get that. It's you know, you you can definitely get the the wine barrel coming through. Yeah, uh, yeah. and definitely some of that lemon, little bit of the grassiness from the saison. Yeah, it's mild. I mean, it's really nicely balanced. Yeah. Uh, this is. A, I
0: think that's what makes it so good. Is it's so well balanced in absolutely. terms of a. You know, a blending process. It's it, it really hits you in that happy place.
1: And did you say the bottle date on this? Did you already read that?
0: They've only made this once.
1: Right. It was in 2015, though. Holy Or it was bottled cow. in 2015. I don't know. I don't think they released it in 2015. No. I feel like it was, it was probably 16. I don't think it was 17. It's been out for a little while, but um, yeah. maybe it was bo- you know bottled, bottle-conditioned bottle before releasing. Probably. Uh, but March of... 2015. So, I mean, this liquid's been in the bottle for... Three years. Over three years, yeah. Over three
0: years. That is beautiful. There you go.
1: And Clover is the name of the cat?
0: Yeah, sorry. Clover is the name of the cat. Is it Sean's cat? cat? It was a gray cat, simple, yet few moments, with her (laughs) quickly revealed her independent, playful, occasionally subdued, and uh, reflective personality. I think that kind of really does mimic the beer. It's very, very simple, but yet once you know you kind of get through that simpleness it's it's got its own character
1: Man. i almost wanted to just not even talk like it's like making me speechless okay. i just want to like okay. take it in and enjoy it and
0: that's okay we um well, we'll pro- is it everything
1: what it was uh
0: thought I mean, of for 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 what i wanted it you know like you have a lot of expectations with a beer like this um but I think it, it nails everything that it's probably going for. Absolutely. And there's zero, you know, disappointment or zero, it didn't meet any expectations. This is yeah. super smooth, well-balanced, easy, easy drinking, and something that, you know, you have to appreciate.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, it's got, I mean, it's got a really nice finish. Yeah, the flavors a, linger really well. Uh, I still get a lot of that, like a lemony, Mm -hmm. but not like a fruited lemon, but just like a little bit of a lemony base.
0: Like lemon peel? I mean,
1: lemon peel, yeah, lemon peel, um, just a nice nice little bit of fruit.
0: I'm getting a little more tart as it warms up. Yeah, it's You know, as you sit here and it opens up and it it, it smells a little bit more tart.
1: Yeah. So do you have to change your favorite beer of the week?
0: No, no, this (laughs) will just be for the next one. For the next one. We'll
1: We'll all say the same thing.
0: Yeah, essentially. So,
1: except for Dan and Mark, since they're not here. I
0: forgot that again. Oh, oh, they're they're really going to be upset that we opened up another really big beer.
1: Well, Dan's used to it, but Mark isn't.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, he had the opportunity to go to his wheelhouse with the uh, the meat episode, which, you know, I still sort of felt like I was in a little bit of a, a meat coma for the week, and so... There's a lot of
1: yeah that a uh,
0: lot of vegetables, a um, lot of grains. I was
1: salivating from the pictures.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was just as good as it looked. Um, but I was glad Brian could could join us because, um, you know, as our southern foodie expert, yeah, he really enjoyed it. and the pimento cheese dip that he made and he's oh. known for is was was very well received. Spot on. Yeah, and so. uh,
1: someone on Instagram I saw asked, uh, when is the meat snob Brian? Or when is the meat snob guest going to join back again? Some 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 question like that. Oh, yeah. So Who are they referring to? I assume Brian.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's there. Yeah. He's probably
1: a friend of his or something. Oh, but. yeah.
0: Oh, I bet it was Spartan or somebody. Yeah. yeah. All right.
1: He's cool. always a, a good guest to have because he's got so much insight on just some things that come as the provisions, but we don't talk about enough on here.
0: Well, what do you think?
1: It's good stuff.
0: All right. Cheers, Ryan. Uh, We'll see everybody next time.
1: Yeah, we'll talk again soon.